91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, we are talking about one of my absolute favorite movies, 1987's My Best Friends of Vampire. And I can't explain why I like this movie so much. I just do, but we're going to get into it. Brian and Scott, I feel pretty confident this was a first-time watch for both of you. Uh, yeah, I'm actually... I'm... Uh, ugh. Well, you just kind of fucked my whole thing up. I was thinking this was going to be like my mom's uh, werewolf type deal. And then you started with this as one of my favorite movies. And I don't know how to respond to that. (laughs) (laughs) So you didn't like it. All right, Scott, how about you? I had a note that actually was the location of when it began to... Oh, we're like two minutes in. It's this first dream sequence, maybe not even two minutes. And he goes... Without being too obvious, I check out her birthday suit, and I wrote that <laughs> note down and put, this is the point where I begin to let this movie charm me. I loved it. It was a really good time. So the thing with this movie, and this is- Brian like, just hates fun. This is a slow build to my my memory of this movie, is I'm pretty sure Uncle Craig had this in his like video- rental collection because i always remember the cover the cover is like a series of student lockers and one of the lockers is a coffin uh and it's got like chuck taylor's underneath it and a pair of sunglasses on it and i'm like huh but this used to play on comedy central and i remember distinctly the scene that i saw on comedy central where i was like oh i'll watch this is when he's on the date and he can't eat the slice of pizza and then the the Waitress is listing all the things on it, and he realizes that it's because there's garlic on the pizza. His body's, like, fighting against the desire to eat it. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch this. But watching it, and, like, having already seen it, I hinted at this off the air before, but, like, 
having already seen Once Bitten and being like, okay, I've seen movies like this, this is so much better than Once Bitten ever was. It has a lot of fun with the mythos. I like that this isn't a tale of like, how do we reverse the effects of him being a vampire? <laughs> like, it's just like, no, he's a vampire. Like, that's just... He's got to learn to deal with it. But he's a living vampire. And I agree with you there, but I just think it's like the same thing as like Salisbury steak is better than cream chip beef, but they're both not very good. You know? <laughs> that is the grossest. Like, it is way too early in the morning for that kind of reference. And it has nothing to do with my dietary preferences. It's literally just the both of those are like just mental heavy. images of them <laughs> in my brain from like junior high cafeteria bullshit you know like I, the first and only time i ever had salisbury steak was which is just shitty hamburger and shitty gravy like that's all it is mm -hmm. total fucking weird lie to to say like this is a steak no it's just shitty ground <laughs> chuck <laughs> it's like such a hillbilly thing like i'm gonna eat a steak but yeah so the the only memory of me ever tasting bullshit salisbury steak is in sixth grade there was a thing called outdoor ed outdoor education I don't know if there's a thing in PA, but at least in Ohio, it's like every spring, you the sixth grade class would go for five days, like the school week, you know, or maybe it was four days. Maybe it was Monday night to Friday morning or something. Um, we would go to this camp, and we went to Camp Wanakee. And I remember in the mess hall or whatever, you know, the cafeteria, like the second night, it was Salisbury Steak, and I just looked at it, and I was like, this looks like diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only experience I had with Salisbury steak was once a week for four to five years. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, Salisbury steak was big in the Kelly house. Not because my parents were good at making Salisbury steak. But because, because they were parents, bad at making everything else. Yeah, it was because my parents were bad at coming home at a reasonable time to make dinner, so they had tons of frozen Salisbury steak trays that they would just call us and be like, yeah, I'm stuck at work, just heat up some Salisbury steak for y'all. And just the Kelly kids by ourselves would sit around the table. With white bread. <laughs> yeah, with some white bread to sop up the gravy. And then possibly be watching Goofy Movie on the tiny TV in the dining room. Wait, wait, no vegetables? No. Scott, we're talking about, at this point, I'm probably the oldest in seventh grade. If your parents are calling you and saying, yeah, make some dinner for yourself, I'm not going to sit there and, like, saute up some broccoli. I'm I was say, no, I was thinking, like, getting a can of fucking disgusting green beans, popping them out on a plate, you know, microwaving it for 10 seconds. That's the thing. I hated vegetables for the first 20-something years of my life, and it was because until I moved to Florida, I've never had a vegetable that was not in a can. That's yeah. so sad. You yeah, guys are so Pennsylvania. Know. You know, like, the funny thing about Pennsylvania is that there's farmland. <laughs> yeah, but we're not near that. No, <laughs> so, that's my that's my wife. My wife. So, there's a couple good lines in this movie. You named one of the ones that I had written down. There's a line that I... I so, the, the best friend is clearly the worst character in the movie, Ralph. They all, like but, dude, shot. they always are. Every vampire movie has, like, we got evil Ed. Renfield. <laughs> well, I was going to say... <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I forget his name, but the the friend from from Teen Wolf that's just yes, like making yeah. T-shirts and stuff like that. But he has the one line where he's he's explaining the dream that he had to his friend, and he just goes, "Man, you wasted a perfectly good wet dream on Darla Blake." <laughs> <laughs> and like Darla Blake is is up there for me as like 
fictional 80s characters where it's like, yeah, if, if I was in high school and there was a girl like that, I would probably but try like, to date her. But, like, she's naughty. Of course you would because, like, she's not actually a nerd. She's, like, fucking yeah. hot as shit. You know, and, like, I love how they're I – mean, she's not a good actor, but uh, that's okay. We're not basing our – physical attraction on her ability to act but it's just so funny because i of course i whenever there's a cute woman in these movies from the 80s i look up look them up on imdb and see how they aged and the woman who played darla blake like gorgeous and she did a lot i mean she did a lot but the only thing i recognized was that she's in pump up the volume how is she in so many movies? <laughs> I don't get it. I think a lot of it is voice work. Yeah, but that's the, uh, like, her whole family You're about scene to say that's like the a, problem. Yeah, because her whole family scene was like a John Waters type. Like, I was getting a better and, off and dead not bit. not like that it was weird. Personally. It was just that, yeah, it was like overacting. And, like, her, like, her, when she first came in, was just, like, such, like, a like a Moira Rose vibe. Like, <laughs> yeah. The way she tried to have a normal conversation. <laughs> I do think specific, this is going to be such a weird note, but like when her and Jeremy are on their first date, like up until when he freaks out, realizes he has fangs and abandons her. But when they're just like talking back and forth over pizza, it actually felt like probably one of the more natural dates I've ever seen in a movie that we've discussed. Like low bar, low bar, yeah, but <laughs> low bar, but it felt like those two actors actually like probably were friends off the set or lovers the other thing with his friend ralph that literally made me laugh out loud is also in the beginning where he's giving him this whole speech about how he's like you need to just like fuck something like (laughs) no strings attached fuck something he's like i do it all the time it's perfectly fine and this girl just like walks up slaps him in the face and then he just keeps the conversation going as if it didn't happen and like that comedic beat like crushes me like how he just keeps moving as if the the slap never occurred so we got to talk about that for a second here so Ralph, it's terrible advice. <laughs> oh, it is. It absolutely is. But that's why Ralph is the worst best friend. Ralph's other previous advice before that, like you just need to get fucked, <laughs> is uh, Jeremy, a beautiful woman, sucked your finger and begged for more. This is a date with Destiny now. Get in there and enjoy it. I don't know how. Also, like we're going to like accept this concept that they've both had sex as high schoolers. <laughs> And how it's like all nonchalant. And I don't know what sex was like in 1986. I don't know what high school was like in 1986. I think that there is this kind of conceit that I don't know if, if it's tongue in cheek or if they're really playing this into the character, like baking this into the characters. But I can't tell if they're saying that they actually have had sex and it's all blase and it's just like, you just need to get fucked. Um, or if it's that they haven't and they are like, bragging about it like every high school boy does who's like oh yeah i've touched a vagina you know so so (laughs) i'm gonna use i want to use a brian kelly quote to describe how i am assuming with with something like ralph specifically so there was a point where i was talking to brian one time and i said to him like dude it's so infuriating that you were such a dick when you were high and you got laid so much more frequently than I ever did trying to just do the right thing. And Brian said, well, it's kind of like, here's the deal. When you have sex, it's like you've had a three-course meal. And I've had a lot of sex, but it's like I only ate Hot Pockets for dinner for my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of Ralph in a nutshell. Like, Ralph is just... 
throwing a lot of hot pockets into a microwave. Like, I don't it's know not... if we should really be referring to this as hot pockets, guys. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Tostitos pizza rolls. Um, what? So <laughs> but then the TGRI guy shows up. So, I mean, this movie gets so much cooler. Yes. Other thing about this movie that makes me laugh is how in your face the evidence is that vampires exist and that Jeremy's a vampire. And everyone, including Jeremy, just like they assume that the camera is broken or he has the line where he's like, huh, our mirror's broken. <laughs> yeah, well, and, but then but, but the parents are like worried that he's gay. I was going to bring this up because I kind of love Jeremy's parents arc. Because I do think that, like, thinking about it in the time that it was released, like, yeah, there's a lot of, like, okay, this probably doesn't age oh, well. Oh, yeah, they, they, I mean, the there's, f- a, there's a homosexual rape by convicts named Bruno Joke that kind of, like, yeah. really ages poorly. But I get what you're saying, that in 1986, the parents being progressive is a big deal. Yeah, like, the fact that they were like, well, let's learn about this, and let's, like, you know, like, in, and then, like, ending up landing at this thing, it's like, we just accept you however you are. I'm like, that is, like oddly progressive for 1987 to me like that is huge because that certainly wouldn't be i can think of a lot of 80s movies that have a similar plot line where it doesn't end like that and i think it's part of the wholesome charm of this movie like it's a weirdly wholesome movie yeah i mean it's a really fun time i mean except for the fact that like dgri guy is like a van helsing character and then his like fat helper is basically like a kmart chris farley character but I mean, like they're they're the least entertaining part of this movie, which is fine, but you know, just I was just like, eh, you know, when they come to the house, like that that rundown house, and I can't, I didn't write down the the female vampire's name. Was she gonna turn him or was she just gonna eat him? Like I don't know. I assume that her, she was probably just gonna eat him, but then was like, well, when I turn him, he's pretty cool. I'll keep him around. Like, cause I don't think there's any benefit in just turning a bunch of people into a vampire. Like it seems like when they eventually did it to the Van Helsing character like that was, was kind of to of get just, him to to, to yeah. it's kind of like the um the opposite of conversion therapy <laughs> he says like what better way to stop an enemy than to make him a friend like <laughs> yeah which i also really like that it's like a non-violent resolution to this because like how do you fight this and you don't you just you know like and also uh, but there is like a weird little awkwardness for me because it's basically the concept of they only want to be vampires because there are hot lady vampires that they can bang for eternity. I don't like this idea of like a vampire harem. I understand that it's within the kind of the, the mythos of, of Dracula and, you know, his like the brides of Dracula and stuff like that. But it, it never sat well with me, never has sat well with me. The next joke that I wanted to get to is when Jeremy finds out that he is you know, a, a vampire. And I don't remember the name of the guy who Murdoch. comes and he's like, oh, I'm a living vampire also. I love that dude, though. I can't remember his name, but I, he might be my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he's he's super fun. It was Modoc, which is also the name of one of the members of the gorillas. Murdoch is the name of one of the members of the gorillas, which is... Uh, and Modoc is one of the Avengers' arch nemeses, which is just basically a head in a robot. <laughs> anyway, they... Uh, they're discussing his transformation and Jeremy goes, Oh God, she looked so clean. (laughs) And then immediately after that, I had to check IMDb that, but indeed that is Kathy Bates as Darla's mom. Wait, seriously? 
Yes, seriously. I, I was like, no way is that fucking Kathy Bates. I was like, that must be a Kmart <laughs> Kathy Bates. No, it is fucking top of the line. Cannot be replaced Kathy Bates in my <laughs> best friend's vampire. There's a conversation that I, I also feel talking again about like the Jeremy's parents kind of becoming accepting. It's, while it is uh, slightly misguided, I appreciate, again, for like a progressive side of things, the conversation that they have discussing the persecution of vampires based on false histories and false education. I mean, it's impossible to not like listen to that and feel like, huh, they're talking about how we persecute minorities based on like information that we've been like incorrectly taught for generations. Huh. I wonder and if they're trying to talk about something deeper there. Yeah, and the TGRI <laughs> guy is a fanatical racist. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, like, it's like, okay, there's, like, a lot of, like, deeper than what should be in a movie called My Best Friends of Vampire going on in this movie, which is another reason why I think it is better than Once Bitten. I'm assuming that's a chip beef, right, Brian? What's what's the chip beef and what's the Salisbury steak in your analogy? Um, I, I guess My Best Friends of Vampire would be the Salisbury steak. So you put that above chip beef on the hierarchy? Yeah, chip beef sucks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have it on the record, folks. Chip beef. Kind of sucks. <laughs> the soundtrack in this movie is actually they got a pretty song. Impressive. They got two Blondie songs, I think. Holy I think fuck. Call Me and One Way or Another are both in this. But the other song that's in this movie that was, I think this is actually, this movie was the first time I heard this song. And then like I heard the song in a ton of other stuff. But Tim Buck 3's My Future's So Bright, I Gotta Wear Shades. And they made their, their money back on that because it shows up quite a few times so what's funny is i was doing a little bit of research on the band first of all because i was like i'm like 99.9 percent .9 sure this is a one-hit wonder so let me add them to the list of bands we need to cover one day on one hit thunder but then i was like reading about the song and the song so the timbuk three was a married couple and so there aren't three of them there's only two of them weird and the wife like very sincerely, or as sincerely as you could, like, put on sunglasses and said, gotta wear these because our future's gonna be so bright. And he was like, yo, let's write a really sarcastic song using that sentence you just said to make fun of yuppie culture. <laughs> <laughs> so they wrote this, like, super sarcastic song, but he's like, they the record label made them cut two or three verses out of it because the actual song builds to, like, like, it talks about, like, this guy who's a nuclear science and his future's so bright he's got to wear shades. And, like, that's fine. But what it builds to is that he accidentally builds the nuclear bomb that destroys the world. Oh and God. that's the future being so bright that everyone has to wear shades is that he's, like, destroyed the world accidentally. So because of that, they would never let their songs be in, like, commercial advertising. Like, they were, like, contacted to have the song for, like, car commercials. And they're like, no, thank you. That doesn't make sense for a car commercial, but apparently they had no qualms with selling it to movies because it's in a shit ton of movies. Yeah, like that. It's, <laughs> like, in, it's in everything. Like I, I didn't even know that it was that Timbuk Three band. I just, it's such a ubiquitous song, and it's terrible. That song's fucking terrible. It's a song that, like, I've I've heard Chris say this about a few other one hit wonders, but it's like. It's one of those songs that just feels like it just always existed. Like, it just always was there. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think about that a lot with, like, 50s songs that became kind of, like, everywhere because of commercials. Like, Bread and Butter. Teardrops. Ugh, oh, God. <laughs> I... Why do you hurt me like this? 
I can just say those three words and that song's ingrained in your brain for at least an hour. So. Well, it's it's true. Um, it's funny, though, because <laughs> I've had this like tech death song stuck in my head all day. And um, you guys would probably be shocked to know this, but I have a problem with intrusive thoughts. And, and a lot of that is music. Um, so <laughs> I know. Shocking. So uh, my problem is that, you know, a song gets stuck in my head and it's almost like a compulsion to continue to think about it or listen to it and like just try and get it out of my brain and and so a lot of what I've done in the last couple of years is to like find songs by tech death bands that I can just focus all of my mental energy on replicating the way it sounds in my brain um, so that it can just drown out all the other intrusive thoughts and songs. And so um, that song will not be in my head because I have a Beneath the Masker song stuck on my head today already. So there you go. So my flip side to that was that when I used to try to hope that time would move more quickly in class, I would see if I could memorize an entire album beat for beat that I knew filled the time frame. Like I was like, huh. 30 more minutes. Dookie's about 30 minutes. Can I think Dookie for the next 30 minutes? That's actually solid. I, I That's giving me this really weird memory of doing shit like that in church. The only other two things that I have written down, if I was going to have one complaint about this movie, I could definitely do without the car chase sequence. I could do without any car chase in any horror movie night movie like we they come up so much for a non-action movie podcast i don't understand it and i don't understand why people keep trying to beat the brain which has the best car chases (laughs) but the other thing i wrote down was just punk club like let's talk about the punk oh yeah the fucking punk punk club is great it is such a cliche 80s punk club sequence like i'm just like oh yep we've all seen movies where they go to this club Where, like, it is, we've talked about it on the Terror Vision episode, but, I mean, this is a punk club the same way that that's a punk CD (laughs) that they're advertising. Like, Brian, you've seen that commercial, right? The punk album? Okay. What? Look it up. You'll love it. Brian, you don't have to look it up. Matt's just going to send it to you. You Don't worry. This is so 2020 of me, but back when Jeremy is on a date and uh, they, he, he's, like, trying to eat the pizza and he's like, I can't because it's... That you know, like because uh, it's got yeah. garlic. I like that my thought process wasn't immediately. Oh, there's garlic on the pizza. I mean, because like I'm allergic to garlic, so of course, like my brain would normally go there. But I'm like, vampires can't eat real food because of what we do in the shadows, the TV show. <laughs> Ninety one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com.
All right, so double features. We already said this once before. There, this and Better Off Dead are very, uh, especially there's a lot of parts, very tonally the same. So my double feature would be Better Off Dead. Nice. Brian, go ahead. Um, Always a surprise. Uh, Always lost. surprised by these. <laughs> lost Boys. That's what I would pair this with. All right. I'm going to go with the, the teen title i'm going with teen witch because i need any excuse to watch that movie because it is a delight i was really hoping you were gonna go with i was a teenage werewolf (laughs) no i i i don't think that i'd ever like specifically pick a a 50s movie to to rewatch um i mean they're fine but i i feel like the conceit of like a double feature is to match the style a little bit yeah and like i was a teenage werewolf isn't a movie that i would kind of like watch in the evening it's one of those movies that i would put on my like personal computer while my work while i'm working during the day you know yeah well and and like it's not a particularly good it's also 60 minutes long or 50 minutes long it's really short it's not good but it does have the coolest looking werewolf because he's got a letterman jacket and you know that's badass (laughs) all right so what did we watch this week well talking about cool guys i watched a cartoon about two pretty cool guys called phineas and ferb and you will die alone (laughs) (laughs) i heard a lot of good things about phineas and ferb one of my friends out in la had like written for it and i was like ah you know what let me give it a shot less than 10 years old I was like, this is way better than most of the, like, cartoons that came out at the time that Phineas and Ferb was coming out. Because it's, like, a definitely in, like, the newer spectrum. Like, I want to say it was, like, 2008 to 2012 or, like, something like that. But it it definitely has a lot more of the tone of, like, uh, Animaniacs or Tiny Toons where it's very, like, breaking the fourth wall. talk spastic but it's also very like it's hyper meta like just things where like characters have catchphrases and if someone says the catchphrase instead of them they like give a knowing look at the camera of annoyance and stuff like that just little things it was great background noise while i was working but yeah you know what check out phineas and ferb i'm a fan i watched spiral last night Um... oh it's on my list is it worth it (laughs) scott 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 i'm sorry do you uh, you may like so the cool thing about it is it is about this gay couple and they move next door and the husband is Cliff, brother of Joe, which was exciting to see. In <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was really happy to see him. Dude, honestly, it, it's not it's worth a watch, but I would I would definitely compare it to like when your favorite band puts out a mediocre album. And since you just love the idea of it so much, like I felt like I was trying to make it a better movie than it was. But the, the Wait, so and idea why is, awesome. is it your favorite band putting out a mediocre album? Is there someone involved in it that you love? No, I just I just like the concept of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, like the con. It's it's like it's it's like the 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 idea is better than the execution. Yeah, I mean it's cult. Like uh, I'm all for you know what I mean. It, it, if a cult is involved, yeah, in I, I way, love cult it, stuff too. You know, I just want it to be so good, and it was like the whole. And honestly, the whole point of what they're doing, I liked. It's just I think it had a good beginning and end. You guys were giving me shit about not liking a certain ghost TV show, and <laughs> Matt called me a fucking hipster, and I was I'm still offended. I, I'm not even kidding. I'm mad at you, and this was three days oh. ago. Um, oh, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Scott, if it makes you feel better, I did see a meme or post where somebody uh, said, imagine the night before your wedding, a random woman shows up and tells you a nine hour lesbian. Love story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so uh, Matt called me a fucking hipster for not wanting to watch this television show. My rebuttal was I don't really like, uh, you know, ghost movies seemingly most of the time it's like nothing fucking happens it's just spooky sounds or you know whatever and that and so i'm of the mind where if i'm watching a movie i want something to happen and i don't want them to threaten me with a good time give me the fucking good time you know like oh we're we're gonna show you a ghost oh we're gonna show you the undead oh we're gonna show you that this is all a simulation blah blah like not not unlike poison Scott wants nothing but a good time. It's true. I I am a hair metal band (laughs) in human form. All right. So, yeah, but like, I'm still upset that Matt said that I, you know, that that I'm I'm a hipster. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to upset you so much. I love you, buddy. I I hope that you know, like, I I expect, like, gifts. That's because they found love in a hopeless place, and Matt is a sucker for that all the time. Anything that has anything to do with finding love. (laughs) In random places, Matt, it's the best. <laughs> Dude, I gotta tell you, Megan and I have been just gorging ourselves on shitty fucking Disney Plus content. Um, <laughs> this was not what I was going to talk about, and so I still have other things I'm, I want to mention that, that are relevant to this show. But man, the last couple days since we're recording this in October, Megan's like, "Let's watch something spooky, but it can't be something scary." And I'm like, oh, "Fuck, I don't know what to watch. I don't know what to put on." She was so so. We watched. The Haunted Mansion, which was so bad, uh, but the the one scene in the crypt is so baller, and I'm like, this is awesome, this is awesome. And she's like, yeah, it's because it's all practical effects, and they have that Disney money to make it look awesome. I'm like, yeah, but the rest is awful, and and you know Eddie Murphy like doesn't give a shit about anybody, and he's a terrible actor. But it's basically that whole movie is just fan service for people that have been to the Haunted Mansion ride. Uh, and since I've never been and I don't know a jack shit about it, it was just like lost on me and Megan as well. So and this was after we had watched Halloween Town last week. And then immediately following Hal- Haunted Mansion, we watched Toy Story of Terror, which is only a 20 minute short. And that was adorable. I, I hate how <laughs> like Toy Story is so good. I should hate it. The one movie that I want to talk about that is relevant to this show, it's a Shudder exclusive or original, I don't know, but it's called The Room. It's from 2019, 2019. Did you guys see it? Okay, I didn't. At first, um, you like, from 2009, I was like, like, Tommy Wiseau. No, no, like, not the Tommy Wiseau one. It's called <laughs> The Room, but it should just be called Room. I don't know. It's a really bad name for a movie, but it was a, a, a French and American, I think, joint film, but it's, like, really... A very good movie. The, the The concept is that this married couple move into a house that has a room that when it that you go in and you ask for something and it gives you the thing, but the thing turns to dust when it leaves the house. And it's not magic; it's like sci-fi almost, but it's a horror movie um, or like a thriller kind of. But I just loved the fact that it's like the house has this generator in the basement that is is creating the things it's super i mean like it's it's a cool movie i wouldn't rewatch it personally just because it's not my it's not like a really fun movie but i thought that it was really well done it's a really cool concept so listeners if you if you want something that's a little sci-fi with a little bit of like monkey's paw watch the room 2019 on shutter so you brought up something while when we were talking about like this is room not the room 
I feel like there's got to be a certain point where you're sitting down trying to name a movie and you're like, well, I'm thinking about calling it The Room and someone in that brain trust should be like, yeah, but that's also the name of what's infamously considered the worst film ever made. So, like, maybe we should literally come up with any other title that people can't just immediately make that connection. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I know. But also, it's not even, like, let's disconnect it from The Room, right? Like, there's a movie that I'm, that I started, I'm only 10 minutes in on Shudder, immediately after watching The Room 2019 called Perfection, or Perfect, Perfection, I think. Another terrible fucking name for a movie. There was that movie Viral, I want to say. That all these movies have like the most bland ass fucking names. And well, and it's it's just it doesn't make like I I and I ge- agree with that. Like boring names out the gate in general, but it's also like don't name your shit after something that's already pre- like it'd be different if like like yeah, there's like seven movies called The Uninvited, but like. None of them have been a big enough thing that it sticks out in people's, like, minds. But, like, if people say The Room, there's only one movie they're thinking about. And it's probably not your movie, The Room. Yeah, (laughs) and it leads to a whole discussion that derails the goodness of your prospective movie into the badness that is Tommy Wiseau's train wreck. Be like, if you were, like... Well, I'm going to name my movie Nightmare on Elm Street. And they're like, well, that's already a thing. And you're like, yeah, but mine is about an actual place called Elm Street where, like, people are having nightmares. And they're like, yeah, no, that's, like, kind of like the premise of Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like, yeah, but it's more fitting for my... Like, I remember this was, like, the wildest thing in the world. And this is, like, not, like, a, or at least to me, like, this was, like, not a big band. Like, there was a, there was a Christian punk band on To The Nail Records named Dogwood that had, like, some moderate level of success and i remember i was trying to find i never got to see them live so i was like on youtube one night like looking for like a live video of them playing my favorite song just to like hear what it sounded like live and in the comments there was like some kid he's like hey man really dig the song uh question i want to name my band dogwood so can you guys change your name and (laughs) they were like no (laughs) like (laughs) well dude that's also like probably some 12 year old yeah like it was just but, like, that's, like, what I think of when people are like, I'm going to name my movie The Room. And it's like... But your your example isn't good because I feel like naming a movie Night like night on Elm Street is actually a really smart because idea. Because Nightmare on Elm Street's a good movie and a really well, famous you want to franchise. Trick, yeah. you, well, and also because you're well, like... Well, that's how they tr- do the thing with Amityville. Yeah, I was going to say, Brian, have you ever considered working for a little company called Asylum Films? Because I'm sure they could use you in their film naming Well, I got bamboozled as a child. I 100% yeah, got bamboozled as a child. I run it. I was too dumb to realize, hey, Transformers is still in theaters. Transmorphers, yeah. And I ran it Transmorphers. And that was the whole reason they uh, named a movie that was because people like yeah, me. That was My Best Friends of Vampire from 1987 as picked by me. Continuing this crazy, but I kind of love it, trend of us rehashing movies that we talked about before Horror Movie Night existed when we were doing Reddit Horror Club. Tune in next week for another one of those movies. I've got so many more thoughts than I did seven years ago when I watched it for the show back then. So tune in next week for Scott's most recent pick, and we will see you then. Bye.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.